Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. So what are we going to talk about today? There are so many topics we could talk about on a podcast like this. You know, that's our big question every week, because this is like our, I don't know, 60 episode. And I got to make sure every week that we are not talking about something we talked about before, because, you know, listeners are already heard some of my stories, I don't know, five or six times. But yet this is the Zen of everything. So we can talk about anything. And that means every week we have to think of a topic. What are we talking about this week? I have no idea. There are just too many choices. There are too many choices in life in general. There are too many choices. When I go, now this says more about me than about the world. When I go to make a cup of tea in the morning, I have about two dozen different teas and I have to choose the appropriate tea for my mood. I guess I could probably cut down to a half a dozen, but then I wouldn't have the wide variety of teas that I can have in my life. I I solved that problem very easily. I don't drink tea. But I got the. I know you drink coffee, and no, no two coffees taste different from each other. I'm sorry, I'm I'm old school. When I was a kid, there was coffee, and there was coffee. There's there's good coffee and bad coffee, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those five stories that uh, you know that listeners have probably heard like five times. But I, when I go to the uh, the brand that will be named that coffee place, and they they have all those fake Italian names for the coffee, and I just go in there and I just ask for a coffee, you know. I get dirty looks, you know, because I'm an old guy. That's what old guys do. We, we refuse yeah. to play along with what's, I think, the young people say hip. Yes. When I was younger, when I worked in, you know, offices in New York City, I would stop at whatever the local Greek diner was and get that coffee in those little blue and white styrofoam cups. And that was coffee. You have black coffee, you have coffee with milk, you put sugar in, you don't put sugar in. That's it. And now we have a hundred different coffees. And if you go to a supermarket here... There is a whole section of coffee with, what, about eight or ten shelves with about 15 different coffees on each shelf. And they're from different countries and different percentages of Arabica and Robusta. Do we really need so many options in life? I, I think a lot of it's uh, phony baloney anyway. It's like with the wine tasting. You You know that story when they actually had tastings of expensive and cheap wines and they were blind tastings. The great experts with the great palates couldn't make head or tails of it. They were picking the cheap wines for at the top and the expensive wines were at the bottom. It's the same with coffee. It's the same with a lot of things. We get hyped to make our choices, and a lot of them are not real choices. Uh, Back to the supermarket, I think this is a good metaphor for having too many choices. You look at the breakfast cereals. Mm. There are so many different ways that you can take wheat and corn and rice and process them and add sugar and coloring. You have dozens of breakfast cereals. No, I I disagree with you. Americans will never run out of beautiful ways to use sugar. Never. (laughs) (laughs) But there's just too many. And see, one of the things I find in a supermarket is I'm often flustered choosing things because there are too many. 
Back in the 1980s, in the late 1980s, when I was living in France, I went to Norway for a year. One of the first things I noticed in Norway is that there were only two laundry detergents. There was with phosphates and without phosphates. And I thought that was just so wonderful that I don't have to have this weight on my head of decision making. Wait, wait a second. Phosphates, that's the thing that's bad for the environment. So it was like like the, the detergent for people who don't care for the environment and the detergent for people who do. And that was it? Well, this was the late 80s when they were just phasing in the, the detergents without phosphates. Uh-huh. So this was the transitional period. But the the idea of not having to choose. Okay, so here's something I do. You may notice, so when we record these podcasts, we use video so we can see each other and react. You may notice that I often wear shirts that are the same. I have about a dozen of these light flannel shirts with checks or plain colors. And it means when I get up in the morning, I don't care what I'm going to wear. I put on my sweatpants. I put on a flannel shirt 10 months out of the year, and that's it. I don't have to worry. I don't have to choose. Well, I found a different solution for that, which is the old man solution, which I just wear what I want, and I don't care what people think anymore. I just don't care. (laughs) But it's not even that. It's that I don't even, it doesn't matter what I wear. I've got enough clothes that they're clean and not worn out. I've got enough Grateful Dead t-shirts that I could, you know, wear one every day for a month. And I just don't have to think about it. And obviously, if you work in an office and you're in front of a lot of people, you may think a lot more. But I remember an article a few years ago about a woman who decided to simplify her wardrobe. And she got black pants and white shirts, blouses. And every day she would wear a combination of black and white. And she said it took so much thinking out of her mind that she was freer to do other things. Well, that's basically the solution I've come up with to simplify my life. And I think this is where we get back to Zen here. I pick the one thing I like, maybe two, and I just stick with those. And let the rest of the world go its own way. For example, I know you have a great music podcast, and I've listened to it. I've been introduced to some new things. I don't want to be listened to listening to new music. I like my music. My music's it. Music ended, as far as I'm concerned, in 1979. That was it. That was it. I'm an old guy. A lot of people think like that. And one of the streaming services did a survey a few years ago. And generally, people stop discovering new music when they have children. Ah. Because they're basically, they're not going out to clubs, they're not buying records for, 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 you know, potential mates or whatever, and they're so busy with children, and that's where their music sort of ossifies at that point. Well, this is part of the parental experience, too, because I did try to get into what my son was listening to, and the minute I did, he resented it and changed what he's listening to. Because I said, <laughs> you know, oh, uh, that guy you're listening to, uh, Justin... Uh, some some woody animal. No, my son was not listening to Justin Beaver. He, my son has better taste than Justin Beaver. But he was listening to something. And I said, oh, you're listening to that guy. And he said, oh, you like that guy? And the next day it was deleted from his, his playlist. I know that. So, uh, yeah, yeah uh, the, the generation shall not meet on musical taste. That's, uh, it's, that's a law. Yes. So one way that Zen gets rid of choice is if you look in the Zen monastery, everyone's dressed the same. They've all got the same haircut. And that eliminates a lot of worrying and spending time about what you're going to wear. How are you going to cut your hair? It's like that woman, we're all wearing black and white. Of course, the, the, the big guy, he gets to wear brown. You know, you know that's how you know. Yeah, it well, was, that's you still have to show rank somehow. It's like the old Mao jackets when I was living in China. The guy with the extra pockets, you know, he's the, the high-ranking guy. That's how you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Zen temple is much the same. It eliminates choices because 
every day is pretty much like the day before. Oh, you got your your ceremonies that you only do once a year, and but those ceremonies are pretty much like all the other ceremonies too. So it doesn't change that much. That's right. So how do you deal with having too many choices? What's your Zen master Roshi approach to too many choices? Well, I've been the same uh, place as you. I went into the drugstore and I stared like a, a, a deer in the headlines trying to pick a uh, toothpaste. I mean, I've been there. I just wanted, you know, toothpaste. <laughs> and I just took the one that did everything. That's my, my, my formula. There was one brand and it said, it does what all the other th- brands do. It whitens, it cleans, it gives you a back massage, it you know makes your hair grow back. I said, that's the toothpaste for me. And uh, so that's the one I, I get. The one that looks like uh, it's, uh, it's reputable. You know, we've lost respect for experts now in this world. You may have noticed this. Well, we, the broader we, but you and I, we still respect experts. Well, I, this is true. I, I mean, I, I, I go Dr. Fauci, don't let him get you down. I'm that, well, yeah, I'm with you yeah. there. And I pick everything from my car to my toothpaste by what the experts say. And I don't mean some expert, some crazy guy in, uh, you know, YouTube. I mean an expert, a guy who knows, the, the guy who's been studying toothpaste for 40 years at the University of, of Michigan, <laughs> you know, he is the go-to guy when it comes to whitening and all the other things. When he says it's a good toothpaste, then I go, not by popularity, not what my son is using, but what the boring old doctor says, this is how you select. So I go even further with toothpaste. I've got a toothpaste that I like, and I've been using it for years. I buy 12 tubes at a time. So I don't even have to go to the drugstore or, or replenish it or think that I'm going to run out. And I've got a little cabinet with you know a bunch of toiletries and soap and things like that. When there's only one or two left, I order another dozen. And it's all that... You know, there's a book that I read a while ago about productivity called Getting Things Done hmm. uh, by David Allen. It's very popular in the business world because the idea is that you 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 take all of your tasks and you, you atomize them into little steps, right? Mm-hmm. And you write everything down that you have to do. Now, I don't apply this in my work um, fully, but the one thing I learned is that when you have written down everything you do and you've simplified it to, to each individual step, you free up your mental RAM. And I thought that was a wonderful image that we're so overloaded with things to do and choices. If we can just clear out our mental RAM, then we can just do shikantaza in peace. Wait a second. So so you're saying to choose toothpaste, I got to make a list of the pros and cons, and (laughs) you know? This is why it just, you know, get your brand and stick to it. The point is, it's another way of simplifying that my toothpaste buying 12 at a time means that I only have to think of it once a year instead of 12 times a year. Well, I use a simple, and this this is going to get back to the Zen. We are going to mention Zen at least a couple of times in this podcast. Yes. This is how to make big choices in life, I have found. This is the Zen way. For me, anyway. For example, do I stay in the United States or do I move to Japan many years ago? I had to decide. Do I get married? That was another choice, you know? Uh, Many, many choices. Do I do a podcast with Kirk? That's so risky. Should I do it? Bad choice, but here we are. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Best, one of the best choices I ever made, Kurt, let me tell you. But anyway, here's what you do. First off, breathe, breathe, and then very rationally make a list of all identifiable pros and cons. Also, ask some people who know something, not just the professor at, at Michigan, but when I was going to Japan, I'd ask everyone I could find who had actually lived in Japan who had worked in Japan. What do you think? Is it a good move? And I got all their opinion. 
Then I sat Zazen. I sat Zazen and put it all down, clearing the mind, all my feelings, yes, no, and just sat. And you know, a certain clarity arose. And I did it again, repeated the whole process, looked at my list, asked a couple more people, sat. And at the end, I licked my finger, stuck it up in the wind, and saw which way the wind was blowing, (laughs) and leapt. That's what we do. And then that leads to part two. Ask me what part two is. Tell me what part two is. I haven't heard this yet. When you find out you made the wrong choice, which I did not. Yes. No, I married the right woman. Moving to Japan was the best thing I ever did. Next to doing this podcast with you, also something wonderful, an excellent choice. But let's say you do make a bad choice. And believe it or not, I've made a few in life. Zen teaches to start again from there. If the road you choose at the crossroads is the rocky road, walk the rocky road as best you can. That's what we do. And that way, uh, even our mistakes turn out just to be what they are. Not really mistakes, but just life. That's my patented formula. Okay, so we've talked about the two questions of choices, one of choosing among a whole bunch of things like in a supermarket, and the other, sort of a binary choice. Do I stay or do I go, to bring in a musical reference, um, which was from 1979, I think. Yeah, great song, that's right. They're kind of different ideas. On the one hand, we're overwhelmed with things and we just have to pick one, and it's not that important, Mm -hmm. right? Choosing the toothpaste, if you choose the wrong toothpaste, it doesn't have... Well, it could have long consequences in, in your teeth, but... It's not going to kill you. Right. If you choose the wrong Raymond, it'll be gone by tomorrow. Mm. But then the other one of the choices of big decisions. I moved to the UK from France um, in 2013. That was a very big decision. I had to choose where I was going to live. I just wanted to move to an English-speaking country, and I knew plenty of British people, and I talked to everyone, said, what would be a nice place to live? And I had a a short list of several towns, several cities, and I made my choice. And I didn't stay in that town more than a year, but it was, as you say, you inform yourself, you get enough information that your intuition can act on that information to make a choice. There are very few choices we make that cannot be, how to say, repaired, or you can, you know, somehow, if if you pick a job and it's the wrong job, you may be stuck there for a while. And some people, unfortunately, they don't have the, you know, if you're a surfer or a slave, let's make this clear. They didn't, that was not a career choice. Yeah. It was like, like well, I don't like the slave thing. I'm getting out of here. That, <laughs> that, that, that's not a joke. That, I'm not saying everybody has a choice. If you're, if you're poor in a war zone, that's not a, a choice. You have to get out. So the humor ends there. But for most of us in life, if you make a bad choice, you can go back and start again. Now, there are people who have a disease where they cannot make a choice or they're constantly changing their choices, constantly. And, and you've, you and I know people like this. One day they want this, the next day they're a Republican, the next day they're this guy, they're, they're changing, you know, <laughs> every day. That is bad, too. The middle way on all of this, too, as the Buddha said, don't believe anything except what I'm saying. You know, he made it simple. <laughs> but which Buddhism do you choose? That's a tough choice, too. I was actually going to come to that. We, we recently talked about the different types of Buddhism, yeah. whether it be Zen or Tibetan or Theravada and all that. And that's a choice, too, because if someone feels that the message of Buddhism resonates with them, mm-hmm. 
How do they then pick the right flavor that corresponds to them? And I think what happens in many cases is people will try different versions before they settle on the one that is right for them. It turns out to be a lot like choosing toothpaste. Mm. And here's why. You can choose and be there for a while, brushing with that toothpaste or choosing a particular uh, group or guru. And if after not that long, a few weeks, a few months, you ask, is this healthful, H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L, in my life? Is this having a good effect truly? Then you know it's a good group or a good toothpaste. You just smile. Is it whitening? The dentist says I have no cavities. Good choice. Same thing. Now, it gets tough because I was just listening to a wonderful podcast about the Heaven's Gate cult. You know, the UFO people? Very reasonable, rational people and got themselves in that. They didn't know anything else. They couldn't get out. So sometimes our right of choice can be taken from us. And that's what's really scary. Yeah. But as long as you freely can think for yourself, just do what Jindo says and you'll be safe. I mean, no, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, Ask if something is truly good and healthful in your life, whether it's where you live, a marriage, uh, many things. I'm not saying to jump. By the way, don't make a snap decision if you can avoid it. Mm. Do you make snap decisions, Kurt? Not very often, at least not big snap decisions. Maybe I'll decide to buy something in the supermarket because I don't feel like spending time. But for big decisions, I really always take my time. Well, Malcolm Gladwell, he had that book. What was it called? Was it called Snap? He always has those catchy titles. Yeah, Blink, I think. Blink, Blink, yeah. Which says you should basically make snap decisions, and they usually turn out well. First off, it turned out that Malcolm Gladwell chooses his book themes really well because his data is is sometimes a little doubtful. Mm. It, it turns out well except when it doesn't to make a snap decision. Yeah. For a toothpaste, snap decisions sometimes are fine. For other decisions if you have time, look before you leap. Although on the other hand, it also says he who hesitates is lost. There are all these, you know, <laughs> either that he who hesitates is lost but look before you leap. There's my advice to you. Yes, we're, we're pulled in two directions by this, aren't we? Because modern advertising and capitalism and consumerism want us to react quickly to not have time to think about things because once we make our purchases, we may not be able to return them. So I think people these days are trained to just go with their feeling more than they should. And again, it doesn't matter for toothpaste or Raymond, but it matters if you buy a car, for instance. Uh, You're going to have that car for a few years. You're not going to be able to sell it uh, without losing money. So you do need to reflect a lot on it and think about the ramifications of your choice. Let's face it. Let's be honest. Everything from buying a car to what religion you choose to your wife to your toothpaste. Don't we go on feeling, do I really know about that toothpaste? It's a nice box. The wine I choose, it's a nice label. The wife, uh, I don't know where we're going to be in 20 years, but I got a good feeling here. (laughs) You know? By the way, I, 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 I got a good wife. We're still here uh, almost uh, 35 uh, years later. So I, I did uh, pick well. It's about feeling. Even cars, they know this. A car is basically four, four wheels and a motor. Everything else is feeling. Choosing your podcast, by the way, if it's the Zen of Everything podcast, a good and rational decision you have all made, listeners, <laughs> I compliment you.
So we paused for a couple minutes because I had a delivery. It was something that I got for my partner for Christmas. It was a thing to plant daffodils. Like you stand up and it's kind of like a shovel, you press it. And that's another choice thing, right? Christmas is coming up. You have to choose gifts for people you care for. I, I think one of the ways capitalism and consumerism attack us is by the pressure of Christmas, not having time, not necessarily being able to find everything you want and, and being forced to fall back on something if you can't get the gift you want. In this case, this is something she did want. But I think at this time of year, people are overwhelmed with choice. And, and that's probably why there's all these flashing lights and Christmas music to kind of numb you to the whole experience. Well, I'm trying to buy presents for my uh, uh, 80-year-old sister. and uh, Literally, she has everything, and I don't want to just get her something that has no meaning. So I've decided not to get her anything. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm still uh, puzzled over what I should uh, get her. But uh, you got to think it's, you know, does anyone really care what they receive at this time of year? Isn't it just the, the the fact that they receive something from from someone who cares about them? I mean, sure, if it's from the dollar store, you got to wonder, you know, is that what the person thinks about, you know, our friendship? Yeah, I'm about a dollar. But if if obviously they put some some thought and caring into it, that's what truly matters. Let's just say it. It's not what you buy. It's the heart that goes with it. Oh, I'm going to write that on the card and send it to her to explain <laughs> why she got such a lousy present this year. It's the thought that counts. It's the th Oh, that's what I meant to say, yes. Okay, but part of the whole consumerist thing is overwhelming us, so we can't make rational choices. And then it's the, it's the gut that acts because we're frustrated for having spent so much time shopping, or we don't have enough time left to get something delivered before Christmas, et cetera. Okay. I, I, here's what I'm going to do for my sister. I'm going to go on Amazon right now. Whatever the first thing that comes up, uh, I'm going to click <laughs> on it, and that's what she's getting. One second. Give me a second. There's a, Okay. She's getting new shock absorbers. Because <laughs> uh, I, I accidentally clipped on auto supplies. And I, uh, she's getting actually their motorcycle uh, shock absorbers, and she doesn't ride a bike. But damn it, that's what she's getting this year. And uh, I'll write the card that says, it's not what you got, it's the thought behind it that counts. So Amazon is a good example, because I actually succumbed to consumerism on Black Friday and bought a new TV set. And since it's got a new version of HDMI, I needed a new HDMI cable. So I went on to Amazon to look for an HDMI cable. So anyone who knows HDMI knows that HDMI 2.1 is different than HDMI 2.0, so you need a compatible cable. And on Amazon, I search HDMI 2.1 cable, and there were 762 different cables. Hmm. There were a total of four different photos for all the cables. In other words, there were 170 with one photo and 130 with another photo. It's all these Chinese companies that make these things, and they ranged from, I think, £11.99 to £29.99. And how do you choose that sort of thing? Amazon is terrible for that. Anytime you're looking for something that can be mass produced, you get a hundred brands selling exactly the same thing. First off, I'm also trying to avoid Amazon these days because I don't want to buy Mr. Bezos another rocket, but it's sometimes impossible to avoid it, it seems. And uh, I, will, I will say this, when I do go there, I look at, you know, what has stars? And I always read the guy who gave it one star. 
I don't care what it is. There's always a guy who gave it one star. And sometimes the reason is very stupid. Like the package came and there was a wrinkle in the corner, <laughs> you know, and then I thought, okay, discount him because all the other people are giving it five stars. But then sometimes you read the guy and said, oh, mine, I plugged it in. It blew up in my face. I said, no, I'm not getting this one, you know? Well, the the problem with those is those reviews can be gamed. Ah. So if you take a link from Amazon, you go to a site called FakeSpot, fakespot.com, you put the link in, it looks at the reviews and it determines, it gives it a letter grade from like A to F. Okay. And they can detect the way that fake reviews are put in because that's a way of gaming the system. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll change it. If there are only 30 reviews and 20 of them say it blew up, then I won't get it. Fair point. Okay. Fair point. But for me, for the HDMI cable, it would just, it would have been too much time, right, mm -hmm. to look all this up. So I just looked for a brand that I recognized, and I bought their cable. It was a few pounds more than some of the others. I didn't go for the really expensive cable from a brand I also knew, but I just went for the one I did recognize. And it's fine. But you look for anything. You look for a toaster on Amazon, and you just have so many possibilities. And I know that, you know, well, first of all, Bezos doesn't work for Amazon anymore, but he still owns shares, so he's making a lot of money. I use Amazon a lot because I live in a rural area. If I wanted to go look for an HDMI cable, it would be an hour. Mm -hmm. I'd have to drive 15 minutes into town, park, find a store, look around, drive 15 minutes back. It's not worth an hour of my time or polluting the atmosphere mm -hmm. um, to, to do something like that. So Amazon, for people like us who aren't in cities is really actually it's practical. True. But there's just there's just too many things to choose from. No, it's true. And um, that gets back to the, the Zen and Buddhist message, which is uh, most of it we don't need. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, I look around my house now, and I got a lot of stuff here that's fun or a lot of stuff that is uh, I really appreciate. But uh, what in this room do I truly need? Oxygen, uh, <laughs> the chair, but I don't need this chair I'm sitting in. Uh, HDML ca cable, you know, these days, well, that's almost a necessity. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, truly, we uh, don't need, uh, I don't know, I'm going to take a percentage out of the air, 80, 90% of what we buy. I don't think so. Mm, you must buy a lot of stuff because I don't buy, I mean, I I'm going to discount books that I buy a lot of and tea. Um, it, it, in my office where I work, Pretty much everything here is essential to my work. There's some things that are decorative. That's a different story. But pretty much everything is essential. Essential to your work, perhaps, but really essential to life? I don't know. Well, if I need it to work and work pays for me living. You know what I would like to do, though? I wish I could have a room with nothing in it. I wish I could have a room where maybe there's just a chair and a table and a meditation cushion and nothing else. White walls nothing in it. Because sitting in a space like that, where there's nothing to distract you, I find that wonderful. Yeah, well, that, that's a very Zen room, as you described, an empty room with just a cushion. Yeah. But the, the point of Zen, too, is, as I, I've said many times, you should be able to sit in the middle of Times Square in New York and in your heart have that empty room. Now, that's part of yes. the trick, too. They're both good. So what are you getting me for Christmas, Jinda? Sorry, the headphones are not working. I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I'm getting you a card that says, he who leaps is hesitating or lost or something. 
we're not going to do an episode for Christmas. We're going to rerun our wonderful Zen Christmas episode of a couple of years ago. So we'll be back with a new episode in January. Until then, Jundo, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're a Buddhist Jewish. What are you doing? <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Buddha. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.